On this week's episode of Two Views Movies, we're reviewing the final installment in the Skywalker saga, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Sponsored by the Buffalo Funds. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And we are back to talk Star Wars. It all started on episode one of Two Views Movies, where we covered Last Jedi, and now we are on episode 124, and we're finishing off the Star Wars Skywalker saga with episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. Two years later, here we are. Yeah. My, how we have progressed. <laughs> it, it's been quite a journey between now and then, but it is kind of fun to always look back and think that the podcast started on The Last Jedi. And I'm sure there will still be many more Star Wars movies to come, but at least for now, what? two years later and 120-something episodes later, we are at the end of the Skywalker series. You mean there's going to be more Star Wars? I said this was the last one. No, no, no. I believe they've been deliberate in their marketing saying this is the final film of the saga, the Skywalker saga. So we're done with Ray and Finn? Uh, I mean, I don't think so. No way. <laughs> until about 10 years when Daisy isn't doing anything and John Boyega is not doing anything and they feel the need to pump some money back into Star Wars. I mean, hopefully. You know, not to say that I want Ian McDermott to, to not be around this world anymore, but hopefully he will not be around to contribute to, to Star Wars anymore. Well, I feel like he's been 80 for <laughs> yeah. 50 years. He's the Tommy Lee Jones of the Star Wars universe. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. How old is he? Can we look him up? How old is he? Oh, I don't know. Let's check it out. Let's see how old old Ian is. I mean, I would say probably now, if I had to guess, uh, considering I think we're way off, I would say he's probably like seventy eight or something like that. I bet he's How's still. I bet he's still even younger. I, I I bet whatever I'm saying, he is. Let's see. Old Ian was born in 1944, so that makes him 75. Wow. Yeah. And so why would you pick him to play the Emperor in Return of the Jedi? I don't know. You just throw some makeup on him and they can they can be old. Interesting. I know. All right. Well, I, I'm anxious to get into this. You and I have chatted slightly, but not a lot. So I am definitely ready to get going on this. How about you? Yeah, let's do it. All right. But well, first. <laughs> yes, exactly. But first, quick word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by the Buffalo Funds, a family of mutual funds based here in Kansas City. When the stock market goes down, it may be a great time to contribute to your individual retirement account or IRA. Don't wait until the end of the year. To get your free IRA investing report, go to buffalofunds.com backslash podcast. You can open up an account online directly with the Buffalo Funds and choose from their mix of U.S., international, dividend, or income funds. That's buffalofunds.com backslash podcast. 
The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses must be considered carefully before investing. The summary and statutory prospectuses contain this and other important information about the investment company may be attained by calling 800-492-8332 or visiting buffalofunds.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual fund investing involves risk. Principal loss is possible. The Buffalo Funds are distributed by Quasar Distributors, LLC. And thank you again to Buffalo Funds. We appreciate you sponsoring this episode. Absolutely. Letterbox blurb, here we go. The surviving resistance faces the first order once again as the journey of Ray, Finn, and Poe Dameron continues. With the power and knowledge of generations behind them, the final battle begins. Directed by J.J. Abrams, who does not really need us to list his filmography, the cast includes Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Anthony Daniels, Domino Gleason. Richard E. Grant, Lupita Nyong'o, Carrie Russell, Kelly Marie Tran, Ian McDermott, and everybody's favorite, Billy D. Williams. Yeah, so I think you can point out that J.J. did the first one, and definitely not the second one. <laughs> sure, sure. I would assume that maybe most people would know that, but you're right. J.J. Abrams, at the very least, did The Force Awakens, did not do The Last Jedi, and now is back to do The Rise of Skywalker. Yes, so that that's going to be a, a glaring theme of this podcast, I think. Yeah, it, it's totally unavoidable. And if you listen or read anybody online or just even regular chatter, that's a, that's a really, really big sticking point for not just this movie, but the whole sequel trilogy. Yeah, no, I agree. And we'll get into that in a minute. But what I want to start with, like we did with Jumanji, what did you like about it? Oh, what did I like? Yes, positive. We're going positive vibes. Yeah. Here. I mean, here's the thing. Would I have liked a lot of this in a vacuum? Um, and the answer to that would be yes. And what I mean by that was, if you had told me at some point that Ray was a Palpatine, would I have liked that? Um, I don't know. Maybe. In a vacuum, I like it more. In the context of this movie and in the context of this trilogy, maybe not so much. So there are things that happen in this movie that I like, but it's really hard to divorce that from what else is happening both in this movie and in the context of the trilogy. So that's a very, very loaded question for me. I would say if I had to give you one thing that I like that is not changed by variables or anything like that. I would say it's Adam driver. And I think he has been phenomenal in all three movies. I think he's great in this one. I wanted more of Adam driver. Uh, my hot take is that he is the best actor in any star Wars movie that's ever been made. Wow. Um, yeah. The, the only rival to him would be Harrison Ford. Uh, I mean, and it's not like Star Wars is known for its great acting, so it's not like I'm really saying a whole hell of a lot with that. But I, I think that he perfectly has captured Kylo Ren and even Ben Solo, and I think he's done amazing. So if I, there's probably a lot more I could talk about, but to answer your question, I would say my favorite thing about the movie is Adam Driver. Your favorite? Oh, so you're, you're jumping to our questions. I was just looking for, for things that you liked. Well, no, I, I, that's not my favorite moment, obviously. I mean, that's what we ask later. I'm just saying that if you're asking for my favorite thing, i.e. the thing I liked the most, and, and I know you're asking for a list, but the thing I'm jumping to immediately is Adam Driver. I really, really liked Adam Driver in this movie. So, no, I, I don't disagree with, with Adam Driver. Uh, I did not like him at first. I didn't like, I didn't know anything about him. 
kind of, I thought it was a weird choice. Don't think he looks anything like Han or Leia, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the more I watched The Force Awakens, the more more I like him in it. Um, he was definitely the best part of The Last Jedi. And uh, I think he held he held his own here. I don't think he was my favorite part of the movie. I really enjoy I, Ray. Yeah, I yeah, I like Ray too. I just feel like I feel like she had a lot of potential in The Force Awakens and I'm just not sure that they really gave her enough to to do and sink her teeth into, which which is kind of the problem with Star Wars as it is, right? It just never seems to give its actors enough to really dive into. And I think that's a byproduct of there's just too much going on in every movie. But somehow I think Adam Driver was able to to take what he got and really sink his teeth into. But the other aspect of that is I think he was given one of the more dynamic roles. Like Ray's kind of wondering who she is. She's not really sure. So there, there's some intrigue to that. But you know who Adam Driver is. You know what he's fighting against. You know what he's trying to be and not be. So I think he got the luxury of having probably the most complex and visible and dynamic character in the sequel trilogy so i I don't disagree with ray but i just think adam adam driver i shouldn't say ray i should say daisy ridley but i think adam driver did better um she's ray she's ray (laughs) will always be ray and she i think in this movie she got more to do than before and so it, it i think she shone in this movie shined shown <laughs> but she uh uh i thought this was really her her best performance in the three movies um that's probably fair although i i really i would really have to see this one again so you've had the luxury of seeing rise of skywalker twice i've only had the luxury of seeing it once i i really felt like after watching the last jedi again that the only thing or one of the few things that works for me in that whole movie is Kylo and Ray, and so I, I would be hard pressed to say, at least right now, only having seen Rise of Skywalker once, that I like Daisy in this one better than I liked her in Last Jedi because they pretty much carried that last movie. Oh, absolutely! And truly, looking back, nothing happens in that in the Last Jedi. Yeah, and you're nothing, right. No, nothing moves the story along outside of them having yes. a connection and Luke dying. That's it. Right. And yeah, and nothing. Like nothing progresses from there. And and that's right. the problem with this is uh basically I feel like the rise of Skywalker is two movies crammed into one. And it that's is. why and that's why it feels kind of rushed. But not only it's worse than that, not only is it two movies crammed into one, it's almost two and a half movies because you have to retcon everything that the the first guy or the I guess the second guy screwed up about your story. Right. And so you you have to spend all this time saying no, that's not what really happened. This is what happened. Forget all that. And there's a ton of scenes that, that I had listed of all the retconning of Ryan Johnson, of what he did that JJ didn't like. And so he was like, no, bring it back to my story. Yeah. Oh, I, I've got a list too uh, of things that I just thought, and I'm sure there's way more than what I've got here. But I, I do want to back up a little bit because you asked me what I liked about the movie to start this off. And then you started going going full into criticism. So before you do that, I would like no, to know what things you I liked. said I liked Ray. <laughs> oh, that okay. So that's your only one. <laughs> no, I, I liked Ray. I liked. Okay. Uh, um, I liked that she was a Palpatine. I I didn't. Again, everything felt felt rushed. I liked all the directions in which they did them. Uh, it just it, they didn't have enough time to do really any of them. Right. Um, and so, um, 
again, I liked them bringing the gang back together. You know, I didn't like the separate missions. Uh, I liked them all interacting with one another. I liked Poe and Ray's relationship. That was that was cool to me. The kind of butting mm-hmm. of the heads, two alphas. Um, I liked that. Uh, I wish there were there was more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like a lot of the choices, uh, but most of mine are going to be nitpicky later. Okay, um, so I like a lot of parts of it, but we'll we'll get to get to that here in a minute. It, it sounds like we're kind of saying the same thing. I feel like where I think that there's things that we might like. Again, I, I use the phrase in a vacuum that like we don't necessarily dislike the choice that was made, but the way they got there, how they did it probably caused us a little bit of heartburn. Um, but I do want to jump back to what you were saying then about the retconning, because it's, it's so obvious and so egregious and you touched on it right when we jumped into the podcast, but you can't, you can't do what they're trying to do here. It's, I don't know whether it was hubris or whether it was foolishness or what caused this, but the fact that you would, either not have a three-story, three-movie plan in the beginning or that you have one and you let Ryan Johnson just do what he wants in the middle movie, something went terribly wrong here in the layout of the trilogy because it doesn't even feel like a trilogy. The only thing that makes it feel like a sequel trilogy is that you have the same characters. But there's nothing that's really building from one movie to the third movie. I mean, there are some things like okay, who is Ray? Who are her parents? But we get a, uh, don't know, they're nobody. Oh, now you're the ultimate somebody. Like it's, and it's not done in a way that's like a twist where you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. It's just really, really sloppy. And like you said, for JJ to come in with this movie and do things like, uh, that are so like painfully obvious, right? Like he obviously makes Ray a Palpatine, which I don't feel like that's the way the last Jedi was going. Um, he does something as obvious as when Ray goes to throw away her lightsaber, Ghost Luke catches it and then gives her like, oh, you have to respect the weapon of a Jedi, which is completely oh, yeah. oh, you're, you're already going down the list. Okay. Oh, I'm going down the list. <laughs> no, but, but before before you get there, I felt like, so at first I thought it was it was all uh, JJ trying to retcon what Ryan Johnson did. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I watched The Last Jedi and it's almost as if neither one of them like each other. And they were trying to ruin the other's story, like that. Like, like, like that's <laughs> yeah. that's how I felt. Like as soon as uh, Kylo puts the helmet on, and then uh, Snoke goes, "That's a stupid helmet," and he destroys it. it like yeah. JJ created this cool looking character, and then uh, in the first ten minutes of the movie, he destroys the helmet. You know, because oh, you look stupid. And right. then um, JJ comes back. He's like, "No, the helmet was cool. I'm putting the helmet back together." You know, right. <laughs> and so. And then, and it's like, oh, this parents is a mystery. No, your parents are nobody. Don't worry about that. Yep. It's like, you're, you're crapping on everything that I built. And then, so there, so I'm going to come with this completely new story. And then he's like, no, that's, that was important. I'm, I'm bringing it right back. Right. And, and I think that it, it's clear what's happening, right? You're exactly right. There, there's a lot of tension there. Despite what they say publicly, I will never believe that these two guys like each other or respect, I guess, what each other have now done. Um but yeah, but I could get behind some of that stuff, like the Kylo thing. Like, I think in The Last Jedi, Kylo smashing his helmet made complete sense because Snoke's like, you're not being basically Kylo Ren. You're just trying to pretend to be Darth Vader. And you you could almost see the smashing of the helmet as like this symbolic, uh, yeah, I'm not going to hide behind any mask anymore. I'm going to be Kylo Ren and be evil with my, you know, I don't, I don't have to have the mask. 
So that it, that wasn't bad in and of itself. But then when it becomes bad, it's like you said, now it gets reassembled. But for what reason, right? Like the, it's not given any reason in the movie other than, I mean, I guess you're just supposed to assume that he just wants his mask back to go look cool again. He wants to be cool again. Yeah. He was never supposed to lose it. That's why. So it's almost like you're playing like, I don't know, some kind of improv game because you didn't plan this out where it's like, okay, I'm going to, we're going to riff this, right? So, okay. Uh, Kylo's a guy in a mask because he likes Darth Vader. And then Ryan Johnson's like, okay, cool. Well, uh, I'm going to have him smash that mask because you know, he, he needs to embrace who he is and be evil and stuff. And then JJ comes back in and like has no like riff to come back to it. And he's like, uh, he's getting the mask back. Well, it's, it's like the mask represented Kylo and without the mask was supposed to be Ben. And Ryan Johnson said, no, he's going to be Kylo to the core without the mask. Right. And JJ's like, no, he's going to wear the mask as Kylo. And then when he takes it off, then you know it's Ben. You know? And so that's kind of how I felt like JJ envisioned it. And then Ryan crapped all over that. Yeah. But I will say, he still spends the majority of The Rise of Skywalker without his mask. He reassembles it. But then, like, every time he's confronting ray which is pretty much like two or three times in the movie he never has his mask on because when he's confronting ray he's trying to be ben except for when he tells her she's a palpatine i'm just saying that like there it it makes it even more of an obvious like oh hey we're gonna bring the mask back because i just want it to be back other than it had nothing to do with the story because he doesn't wear it for 80% of the movie. So it was really just, it felt like a pot shot at, at Ryan Johnson to be like, all right, I'm bringing the mask back just because I want to. It's because, it, yeah, I mean, all of it did. The using, oh, by the way, you know, you broke Luke's lightsaber. That fixed it. Oh, yeah. And they don't even acknowledge that. I mean, it's just fixed. They fixed it. No, that's like, what, that's the reason. She put it, it back together. Really? She did? Mm-hmm. I guess after she was trained by Leia, uh, mm-hmm. I assume. Yeah. Okay. She fixed it. But they never say that. They never say like, I mean, and again, I guess you don't have to say anything. Like not everything needs to be spoken. I'm perfectly fine with assuming that Ray fixed it. But like you could say, or Leia could say, I fixed the lightsaber. Plus I thought like it was kind of assumed that the crystal that powers the lightsaber like burst. That's what caused the explosion. I mean, there were so many things going on there, but yes, Luke's lightsaber being fixed randomly is another one of those. Like, you know, they treated the lightsaber like crap. He threw it over his shoulder. Now he catches it. It broke. Now it's fixed. Like it's clear what's happening here. Yeah. Uh, You know, a Jedi's weapon should be respected. (laughs) You know, that, that line alone is like, like that was a really stupid scene truly in the last Jedi where he throws it over his shoulder. Like that was, that was awful. And then, uh, they wreck on that, and then uh, it's like, well, I'm I'm gonna come do what you did on the island, and um, you know, remove myself from the force. No, I was wrong. That was stupid. Yep. And <laughs> it's like everything. Every decision you made was stupid. Yeah, and you're right. They had to spend an exorbitant amount of time doing that. I mean, the first you have to assume that the first what thirty minutes of this movie is what JJ had planned to do in the entire second film. I mean, there's no way if this was really planned out that you would you would really reintroduce Palpatine in the crawl, right? Right. Okay. So, re- so, so, a question with that: Do you think Palpatine was going to come back in JJ's mind, or do you think Snoke was going to be the ultimate bad guy, and that she would she would be a Palpatine, but would fight Snoke? Man, before, I don't know. Before he ended up just killing him off. 
I honestly, I, I really don't know. I, I don't think you can believe much of anything. I mean, if you hear J.J. Abrams talk, he says that he always wanted to come back to Palpatine because it felt wrong to end the trilogy without him. Um, but I don't know. It, it's so hard to know if that was his plan. I mean, my gut tells me yes, only because why try and shoehorn that in at the last minute if you don't have to, or if that wasn't your original plan? I mean, I get that like Snoke was dead. I think, I feel like there's other ways around that. Like, I don't know, maybe just have Kylo Ren be the big bad. Like, do you always have to have another big bad above him? Like, I feel like there's better ways of writing around that than just throwing the emperor in at the last minute, because that's your only solution. So I do kind of feel like my gut tells me that JJ wanted the emperor back the whole time. See, I, I think Snoke was supposed to be the bad guy. She was going to find out she was a Palpatine. Um, even Snoke, you know, people calling him Dark Plagueis and all that, uh, that taught Palpatine. That would have been a cool angle, but mm-hmm. he's dead, you know? And so you've been painted in this corner and you have to deal with what you got now. Yeah. So I guess my thing with this is now that it's all said and done and you can look back in hindsight, I... I'm going to say that I kind of wish these didn't exist, which is almost how I feel about the prequels, because I don't really feel like it builds on anything from the original trilogy. It's got the same characters and it does some of the same beats, but it, it doesn't feel like an extension of the original story. It feels like an extension of the characters. But now when I look back on it, I'm like, okay, Vader threw Palpatine down the you know shaft in the Death Star and that was his big redemption is that he brought balance to the force. But here we are like 20 years later and everything's back to the way it was and the emperor is even back. So how weak does Anakin's redemption really look now? 30 years later. Yeah. Sorry, 30. I knew I mis said that. Yeah. The, uh, it, it does, but I like this trilogy far more than the prequels. Like I, if you said, we're just going to disavow all the prequels. I'm fine with that. Yeah. There's nothing of value in those. And um then no, I, I like I like these. I wish The Last Jedi didn't exist and you can carve up this one into two movies um and extend them because it actually flows. There it's the fact that it has that they were going with three different directors was mind boggling and like you said, no path. Like why are we just making this up as we go? Well, yeah, I think you can do three different directors. I, I think can, that's but fine. You need, what, but you need a path. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't have three different writers. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't write them individually. You need to have the story fleshed out for all three and then say, okay, you can put your vision on these, like the way you want the scenes to to look and feel and, and craft them, but the story is the story, and you are going to abide by the story. Yeah, but you can't kill Snoke because we need him in the third one. You can't, you know, say Ray's parent who they are because that's going to be our reveal and whatever. You know, like the this is who her her path is. Just stay with that. But yeah, here's our here's our end game, right? Because for those that don't know, there was supposed to be a third different director for the Rise of Skywalker. It was not supposed to be J.J. Abrams. It was supposed to be Colin Trevorrow or Trevorrow. I'm not quite sure how you say his name, but he had a couple of bad flops, and they pulled the plug on him uh, shortly after. I think around the time of the Last Jedi, I think things were going south, and they knew they weren't going to have Ryan Johnson back and they weren't going to have Colin back. So they, they brought JJ back in. Um, you know, while we're still talking about the directors, I, I do think that 
Ryan Johnson has a better eye, like cinematography wise, because some of the things he did in The Last Jedi, I thought were very, very fun to look at. I think I could maybe like make a the case. the milking of the- scene? Yeah, no, he had a really not, good eye for the milking no, scene. No, yeah. not that. But oh, like the, okay. The the holdo maneuver, some of the stuff on crate, some of the shots he chooses, uh, I think were very, very good visually, and I, I don't think those exist in the Force Awakens or um, or the Rise of Skywalker. I thought I, basically, I think the last Jedi had a little bit more of like an artistic eye to it in, in certain cases, which I appreciated. But um, yeah. I don't know. It, I don't know if I agree so with that. I, I really enjoyed a lot of the scenes uh, visually in this. Okay. Um, I liked all the Palpatine stuff. I liked all the uh, his worshippers, whoever whatever they were. those were. Yeah. Yeah. And again, so I'm I'm conflicted because there's a you want a story that you want to know more, but you also want enough to where you're satisfied with what you have. Right. You know, and so you, you want to know more of the story, but some people feel, you know, like, tell me who those people are. At least show me one of their faces. Are they all Palpatines? Are they all clones of him? Well, That's... I don't even know that they were real. That's part of my problem. What do you mean? I, I thought, I mean, where did they all go if they were real? And then I thought that he kept alluding to thousands of Sith generation, which I, I know can be taken metaphorically, right? That he is the culmination of all of the Sith and Ray is the culmination of all the Jedi. I get that, but I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what those things were in the crowd that were cheering. Were they real Sith? Were they not? Were they worshipers? Were they basically ghosts of Sith? Like, I, I don't know. Force ghost Siths? I don't know. They didn't explain it. They didn't. I mean, so, okay, while we're on Palpatine, I, I'm going to go back to my first point that I think I made and we kind of got sidetracked so I want your thought on that the the crawl like if if Palpatine is your big bad throughout nine movies and you think he's dead after six and there's no tease of him in seven or eight you're really going to reintroduce him in a crawl like he broadcast a message across the galaxy that's how you reintroduce the biggest bad in all of Star Wars that that felt terrible to me well, that's because they wanted him for the trailer. Well, okay, fine, but so it, it you're, doesn't you're make gonna any... re- you're going to reveal him in the trailer, then might as well throw it out there in the crawl. Well, maybe, but I also think there's something to being able to experience as an audience viewer, even if we know that Palpatine is back, ge- being able to experience what the characters feel when they find out that he's back. But we don't, we don't get that. We're robbed of that. We just we drop back into a world where Leia and Ray and everybody already knows that the emperor is back and, and you're kind of robbed of that, that moment, which I thought was stupid. Um, I can't remember what else is in the crawl, but I remember kind of like wincing twice when I read the crawl. I was like, Oh, I don't, I, I don't like how they're writing this crawl. Like I, basically after I got done with the movie, it's my realization that JJ n- needed to start retconning from the get go and just started doing it in the crawl. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, and I think that that's what it was in the lack of time. It's yes. I don't have time to to retcon and make two movies into one, and so we're just gonna throw it out there as much as we can here. Yeah, because I actually remember thinking to myself in the theater, you know, it, it goes from the crawl to Kylo Ren trying to find the Emperor, and then he finds the Emperor in like five or ten minutes. And I was like, oh shit, we're moving along. Like they're not messing around, which at the time I thought was good 
because I didn't want it to mess around. But later on, I kind of realized what was happening. And it's like, oh, that that's why we're going so fast. Not because the movie is... How am I trying to say this? It's not because the movie has a natural fast pace to it. It's actually kind of unevenly paced. And that's because the first 30 or whatever minutes are spent sprinting uh, to, to play catch up so that we can then kind of reestablish things and then then sprint again later. And so it wasn't quite the pace I wanted, but I but I understood it, I guess. Yeah. The uh, So I saw the press screening and they never do any uh, trailers or mm-hmm. promos or anything before the movie starts. And so I wasn't even in the Star Wars mindset before it started. And all of a sudden, Kylo Ren's killing everybody. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not here yet. You know, I, like I <laughs> yeah. wasn't even in movie mode yet. You know, because yeah. usually you'd have those trailers that kind of warm you into, hey, we're about to get going, you know, get your mindset right. And we're, we just dove right in. And it's like, he's killing a bunch of people. And then I tried to think back on it after I left. And I was like, I feel like that was a really cool scene. But yeah. I don't remember any of it. And so, yeah. So the second time I watched it, I was focusing on uh, trying to to see what uh, old Kylo was doing, killing, cutting down people. Yeah, I, I wish they would have shown that a little bit more. They they went for the more artistic approach to it with like some slow mo and not necessarily showing everything, but kind of wish they had like dove into it a little bit more. Um, okay, so back to Palpatine. He's back, but what are your thoughts on the lack of? explanation about anything with Palpatine like they really don't even try you you get the line from episode three about the dark side is the path to many things that people are unnatural unnatural. right that's about that's it that's the line you get to explain how he's back well you also get the hobbit who explained you know cloning in dark magic and stuff like that well, sure. I mean, that's about the extent, to, which we all know going into this, assuming that you've seen all of the Star Wars, that clones exist. So we know that's there. We also get a quick throwaway that he created Snoke, and you see some Snoke body parts in a tank. Um, and why would so, you clone Snoke old? I, I don't know. I mean, but that's the thing. that There's no, there's nothing else given as to Who's what is it, happening. Yeah. yeah. So I guess with Palpatine, what what are your thoughts then on, I guess... Less about him being back, because I think we've talked about that, but n- none of this is really explained. I mean, you, no. you're, give, you're giving him a guffin that you have to go and find him to get to the Sith world. He's got these, he's got crazy powers now, right? Like, he's raining down godless amounts of lightning. He's stealing people's soul, like Shang Tsung. Like, there's all sorts of things happening here, and none of which you have any context for. So, I, I guess, what were your thoughts on that? So, the thing that makes the most sense to me is that this one that we saw was a clone in that he was destroyed on the Death Star and that his Sith spirit was somehow transferred into this new body. That's my, that's the thing that makes the most sense to me uh, because he said, I've died before, Mm -hmm. you know? And so they, they transferred his essence into this clone thing that wasn't quite him. Mm -hmm. He's always been able to do the force lightning. We've never seen him, you know, do it to its fullest potential. And can, can I make a quick comment about the Force Lightning, please? Sure. You gotta stop using it. I mean, if you're Palpatine, you got messed up because you tried to Force Lightning Mace Windu, and he deflected it back in your face. That's why you're all deformed. And now you try to Force Lightning Ray, and then she, you know, is basically battling back with one lightsaber, and then goes to two lightsabers, which apparently can push back all the Force Lightning, and that melts your face off. Like, just stop doing the lightning. 
I think it was symbolic, the second lightsaber of Luke and Leia. I'm and, sure and, and it not was. the power of the lightsaber. But no, <laughs> I was hoping that Ray would uh, force lightning his ass back. Yeah. I thought we'd get some uh, some some lightning fights. Yeah. Okay. Sorry to sorry to digress. I had to. You mentioned the lightning, but I had to go. Okay. So you're on Palpatine and the lightning. No, I agree. If if it's his own lightning coming back at him, just stop stop doing it, buddy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Throw her down the crevasse like you did. There you go. Uh, ben. But I, I guess there's a lot of stuff that's introduced in this movie, and we'll, we'll stick with the Palpatine thing. But like, okay, so you said he's died before, and you think he's a clone. And his soul somehow transferred. What is this whole nonsense with him needing Ray to strike him? I get the whole strike him down. That's been a theme of Star Wars. I'm perfectly good with that. But then her soul or his soul would enter hers. Like, what is all of a sudden going on with all this soul transferring? Well, and I guess that's the that's what I was getting from the cloning piece of because he was a clone that died. He was able to transfer his essence to the new clone body, and then he figured out how to transfer his essence again into to Ray's body because of the lineage and she has all his power too. So that's 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 kind of my okay guess I mean of how this is all gonna work. Okay. So let's just say your guess is right and that I guess we'll just assume that this is a Sith thing that they figured out how to do because there's only ever two of them that I guess they they pass souls around. Nothing we've ever seen before in Star Wars. Uh but let's go with that. Uh what do you feel about it? Well, that not that they do. I think that's something that uh, Palpatine has figured out how to do. Okay. And so I don't think it's ever been done before, but he's kind of figuring out how to do this. Okay. So even then, what do you, what do you think about it? Okay. I mean, <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, I think it's kind of, I feel like I've seen this before, you know? Well, sure. And, and I, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess my thing is that, again, in a vacuum, I'm not opposed to the idea that this can happen in the Star Wars world with Sith and Jedi or whatever's happening. What I am opposed to is introducing it in the last hour of the last movie in a nine trilogy or nine part series, right? Like, it just feels too much. Like, I kind of just wish that in hindsight, I, I, and I'm not one of those people that have ever said that, like, I don't I don't like seeing new force powers. I, I do want to see new force powers. But knowing what happened now, I kind of just wish it had, and I think you've said this before, but I just wish they had done more with the force in the context of what we knew it to be, at least in terms of the Skywalker trilogy. And then, then maybe you branch out with other movies and other stuff and, and let them get crazy with the force. And I know that would always beg the question and people would be like, well... Anakin was the strongest one ever and he never did anything like that. I mean, I I can I can live with that. That's fine. But like to introduce some of the crazy stuff that was happening here in this movie in the last movie is just I don't know. I had a hard time with it. like we're we're teleporting. We are we are right. having full-on lightsaber fights where they're not in the same room. We're we're somehow handing objects back and forth to one another. We're healing, we're stealing souls. We're back to force running and jumping. Um, we're now able to fly, like, fly. Yeah. You can hold back an entire transport. That's trying like, it's one thing to raise the X wing. That's not moving, but Ray is able to prevent a spaceship from taking off. Like there's just an explosion of force powers right now in, in this movie. And it feels, it does feel out of place for me given 
the context of what's been set up. Like, I, I'll let you say, uh, one last thing. We have a friend. I don't know if he listens, but he hates that the the laser the blaster shot was stopped in the Force Awakens, right? And then Kylo did that. Yeah, that Kylo did that. He hates that. I'm perfectly fine with that. That that makes sense to me. It's in the context of what I understand the Force could do. This other stuff, though, is just crazy. See, to me, at least it's not a prequel Force power. Yes, and I get so, that. And so I'm okay with... I don't like all the new Force powers. I wish they would stay within the confines of how we know them. But at least she's studying and she's learning stuff versus showing force speed running in in <laughs> yeah. phantom menace and then they never use it again for right. the next nine movies you know completely agree and so you can do that in post movies you know and in, in sequels but i'm i'm okay with what i don't i don't like the teleportation that was dumb um their connection okay the little skype meetings i'm yeah. okay with that i don't like mm-hmm. them fighting via skype um I don't know how much of that was Ryan Johnson and that he's still trying to to deal with what Ryan did of their little force connection thing. Yeah. Um it gets more scenes with Ray and Kylo. So yeah. that's that's a good thing, I guess. Yeah. And I and I agree with you. Like, I mean, we we have those moments in the original trilogy, right, where Luke and Leia can sense each other and they do that kind of screen wipe where they're not really seeing each other, but you, you can almost imagine that they are seeing each other in their head. So the force connection that happens in The Last Jedi feels like just a natural extension of that between two people who are maybe more powerful in the force than what Luke and Leia were way back then. So I'm okay with what Ryan Johnson did with the, like, we can see each other. When it starts to become like you can have a full-on lightsaber fight or you can pass physical objects back and forth, that, to me, just gets a little clunky. It's not that I hate it again on the surface. It's just that, one, it's clunky. Two, it's rushed at the end of this movie. And then one of the words that I will use for this movie a lot, and I haven't used it yet, but is it's unearned to me, like, it's just thrown in and it's there instead of being like, I, I kind of wish if it was a new force power, I'd be like, oh, wow, like that's incredible. But I, I didn't get that with this. It's like, oh, okay, they're, they're doing this now. Well, they did show it in The Last Jedi of rain coming through. Yes. And so I guess Ryan set that precedent. Sure. So yeah. Other stuff. I, I get it. It just, I don't know. No, I, I didn't it, like it, but it did. But it did set up uh, your Keanu scene. My Keanu scene? Well, as soon as uh, Kylo got the lightsaber, Mm -hmm. he did this little Keanu move. Like showing the Knights of Ren. He's like, you know, he does this little kind of shrug thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly like Keanu Reeves. Oh, see, I didn't get Keanu at all. It it just struck me as very very Han-like that he would. Because that's something Han would do, right? He'd give a little shrug and be like, all right, here we go. And I, yeah, that was one of my favorite moments because Ben Solo didn't get enough screen time in this movie or enough dialogue. And that one moment is probably the the best thing I got. And it just shows how great, again, Adam Driver is because the only difference between Ben Solo and Kylo Ren is whatever is on Adam Driver's face and his posture and his, because he doesn't get to say anything. So the fact that he could look and feel totally different as Ben than Kylo is just a testament to his acting. Yeah, no, I I thought that was a good scene, except that they really crapped on 
the Knights of Ren. They went the same <laughs> mm-hmm. way as Captain Phasma mm-hmm. um, and really Snoke, you know, he just, and Darth Maul, you know, you introduce, at least Darth Maul got to do something cool. Mm-hmm. But the Knights of Ren, you got, they have a cool name. Okay. We're already, we're already starting there. They don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah. They, you're spot on. They capture Chewie off screen. Mm-hmm. Which you don't get to see, and then they walk around in a in a tight fivesome, you know. And yeah, on that one planet. Around. Yeah, on that one planet, they literally do nothing. Like they just follow Kylo around. It's. I mean, you have to you have to let them do something cool to make that end scene with him fighting them cool. Yep. He didn't. He doesn't even address them as the Knights of Ren. Weren't these supposed to be young Jedi that uh, Luke was training that he turned into his knights? Well, we don't know for sure. But that's I thought that what, was the implication. Yeah, I agree. And none of them knew anything about the Force, and they just think they got time wiped. Yeah, I I thought it was funny how they had to have the one stormtrooper as the Knights of Ren walk by. Didn't he actually say something like Knights of Ren, cool, cool? Yeah, I'm like, like okay, that's dumb. Which again, that's you know, there's been a lot of talk about fan service with this movie about it, it being nothing but fan service and whatever. I mean. Fan service can be a good thing. You're trying to give the fans what they want. I get it. But again, it feels like JJ trying to make up for the Knights of Ren being nowhere to be found in The Last Jedi, and now they're magically back, but you don't have time to have them do anything of any kind of significance. But I feel like you could have written them in. Like You could have made the Chewie scene a little bit better. You know, Have a quick little you know fight scene for a minute where Chewie's trying to fight off the Knights of Ren, and they get him. You know, Make them at least feel somewhat bad. So how do you feel about Chewie? Um, as a whole in this movie? As a whole. Uh, fine. I thought Chewie was good. I thought, um, I, I didn't really think that's how he was going to die. Um, I mean, would I have, this will sound terrible, but would I have been okay with Chewie dying? Yeah. Because I, I, I think movies need to have consequences. And when there's very few consequences in the Star Wars universe, um, Things need to be felt, and, but I thought that would have been a terrible way to have Chewie go out, and then I thought it was terribly explained by the fact that there's another transport we didn't see. Um, I thought he could have been used a little bit better. I thought that the one thing that they did really well was when he finds out that Leia died. You know, that was I don't know why it felt more sad to see Chewie get all upset about it than like a human, but I thought exactly. that was good. Exactly those those two scenes were the most emotional scenes for me. There's three scenes actually, and it was all Chewbacca. It was. <laughs> It was Chewie blowing up, which mm-hmm. I'm like, no way they did that, but maybe they did. You know, they just killed Chewie that way. And that's making the, I mean, it was already kind of a darker movie than what we've had, mm-hmm. you know, ever in the past. And you blow up Chewie. And my main gripe with it is the way that they reveal that he wasn't blowing up. Yep. It's like, yeah, our transport was destroyed. Oh my gosh. But there was another transport. <laughs> right. You know, you could have just said, we had two transports and we lost one, you know, something like that's where it's not, that's not how people talk, you know? And so right. it's just so, so stupid. Like, but the other transport. Right. You know, or, just, or better yet, you, you say that line after the door opens and you see Chewie, right? Like we lost a transport and the door opens and then Chewie's there like, wait, well, if they lost and he's like, thankfully we had this prisoner on the other. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's still not a good line, but deliver the line after Chewie comes back. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, just put put them both out there at the beginning. Sure. You know, yeah. If you're gonna reveal it, you know, six seconds later, just make the line <laughs> right. and make the line how people actually talk. 
right. you know, like, sir, you know, both, you know, only one of our transports made it out, you know? Yeah. It was something like that. And you're I like, agree. Oh, they had, oh, they had more than one. You don't have to say, but there were two. Right. You know? And so, but then you get into mention the, the Chewie and the Leia, you know, four people, you know, felt Leia die and everyone's like, uh, I just felt, oh, okay, Leia's, Leia's gone. Mm-hmm. And then Chewie felt Leia die. And Chewie, like, oh, God, that, that hurts. <laughs> yeah. I, that was a good touch. They they made it a little bit better than I think how things went when either Han and... Because I, I didn't feel like Chewie got much of a reaction when Han died. But th- this one was good. Yeah, Chewie was, was anger and I'm going to shoot a bunch of stormtroopers. Didn't have yeah. time to react. Right. This this was was really good, and then uh, he got his medal at the end, which was the best part of the end. <laughs> Again, fan service. I, I'm oh, fine with sure, it. but come on, give the guy a medal. Yeah. Yep. Well, okay. So while we're here, you and I chatted briefly about this, but the thing that one of the things that drove me nuts about this movie is it it wants to have its cake and eat it too, and it drives me insane. There's so many fake outs with things that happen in this movie that it just, it's almost a joke as to what's happening. Like, we're going to act like Chewie died. No, he didn't. We're going to act like Ray dies. No, she didn't. We're going to act like Kylo dies. No, he didn't. Oh, wait. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't. Okay. Yeah, he did. And then 3PO is supposed to get his memory wiped, which he did, but then he gets it back. Like, it can't commit to anything. It's like it's too scared to really try and finalize this saga uh, for fear of, I guess, maybe not being able to do an episode 10 in the future, or I don't know what, but it was laughable at how much it couldn't make up its mind what it wanted to, or that it was just trying to deliberately fake people out. Yeah. At some point you have to let him go. Yeah. You know, and Chewie is one of my favorite characters, but if you're going to fake out his death, just, just let him go. Yeah. Or, or don't do that. Exactly. Exactly. And I think even to the extent of things like, will Ray and Kylo get together? You know, yeah, but no, right? Uh, is Ray a Palpatine or a Skywalker? Oh, both. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, well, she's not both. But you know what I'm saying. Symbolically, she's now claiming she's a Skywalker, even though she was a Palpatine. So and I love how, how Leia says, don't be afraid to be who you are. Yeah, and then she goes. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and be a Skywalker, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> Somebody I read online was like, "Well, you don't really want to take the name Palpatine in the galaxy. It's probably like taking the name Hitler here." I'm like, oh, "That's right. a really good point." But good point. But it flies in the face of Leia's advice earlier. Sure, it, it, but you see what I'm saying, though, right? Like this, it just it seems to just want to get everything instead of just committing to something. Like, so you you mean to tell me that? this is supposed to be the end of the Skywalker saga, yet you call it the rise of Skywalker. And then you end it with the main character taking the name Skywalker, which I get she's not blood, but I feel like the more effective end to that movie is for her just to be like, it's just Ray. Yeah, no, I agree. No, I mean, just Ray. Yeah. We just talked about this with Jumanji. You set up the, the character arc of, you don't need to be the rock to have self-confidence. You set up this character arc in Star Wars to be, you can just be Rey, or even if you're Rey Palpatine, you can still just be Rey. You don't have to be a Skywalker, but yet we end it with, well, I'm Rey Skywalker. I'm like, all right, guys, come on. Let's let's figure out what we want to do here. So while we're on Rey's lineage, her parents, her Palpatine, mm-hmm. her dad is a Palpatine. Yes. Um, or is it her mom, did they say? 
They said her dad. Okay, okay. Um, why would he not have any force powers or be any sort of hunted after his his son? You know, like like why why was that not a thing? I don't know. Why why would he not even why would he not even mention his son? My son is a disappointment, or my son, you know, something. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's like Teen Wolf. It skips a generation every once in a while. I don't know. Well, he goes, your parents. Why would he talk about their parents? Why didn't you just talk about your father was yeah. a putz? You well, know? it just makes... I, I think, honestly, it's one of those things where it would have been like... Ideally, they would want it to be Palpatine's daughter, but they couldn't make the timeline work out. So we're just going to say that it's his granddaughter. But yeah, I mean, knowing what we know about lineage and how strong the Skywalker blood is, why wouldn't the Palpatine blood be just as strong? So yeah, what exactly happened with his son that caused it to, to cause Ray to be the one that needed to be had? Like, I, I don't know. And that's where I think it's just, it, this movie's sloppy when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. Go ahead and kill my son. Who's just as strong and bring the little girl to me like that. That doesn't make any sense. But I think the implica- isn't the implication that he's not as strong because like otherwise why would he have been killed so easily by that that Jedi hunter or whatever? Well, like, there, there's another question for you. Well, again, yes, and I think that's again the, two words. So I said unearned earlier, but sloppy is my other word. This movie just feels sloppy to me, and it's things like that on the surface. Is it bad that she's the granddaughter? No. Is it bad that his son would have hidden his granddaughter from him? No, on the surface, that's not bad, but we we need some more. The questions you're asking are per, are perfectly valid, like, but we don't get them in a 10-second flashback. I just thought when Palpatine mentions her parents, he should have addressed his son. Yeah. I in mean, some, maybe... some form. Yeah, and maybe he could have said, you know, my son turned from the dark to the light, right? And whatever. Um so I, I just genuinely don't know. I don't have good answers. And that's part of what drives me nuts is I don't think either you or I are the kind of people that need everything spoon fed to us. And we we don't even like that. We're perfectly fine filling in gaps where they need to be filled in. But at some point, you can't leave so many gaping holes in your story that it just starts to not make sense or starts to not be enjoyable. Well, so I have uh, now that you've mentioned bad writing. um. I'm here with uh, the mothership concept. Dude. Here here we are again with the lack of any sort of creativity. Uh, We have hundreds of thousands of super star destroyers. And not all of them equipped with a planet-killing device, which is unnecessary when you have this many of them. But sure, okay, they're each a threat. But why, why have an antenna... Like that doesn't make any sense. No. Why? Why? Why can the code only be sent from one source? Why can't each ship have their own code that can send them through the atmosphere? Yep. Like it's it's so dumb and dirty. I would have rather after Palpatine killed than Ray did some force lightning on all the uh, super star destroyers. You know, like, you can do it. I can do it, and then basically flip the script on them. Mm-hmm. And then that makes more sense to me. And then that's what, you know, drains her and kills her. Right. Like that, I'd have been more than happy with that. But what happens to all these, they just can't, they just floating around and can't fight? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they apparently can't leave the planet because there's only one source for coordinates 
for how to get out of Exegol and you know, basically chart that path. Like they didn't think to give that to all the ships. It just they put it in one antenna and then move that to the one ship. I mean, I can't I can't even barely talk about that because I'm so tired of like the Star Wars things having just like this one way of ending all of the Empire at once. It just it's so bad. I mean, to have it, you know, I would have been very happy with Ray destroying them all with her lightning because you saw him destroying all the rebel ships with it. Mm-hmm. So why can't she? Fine. And that doesn't used up all of her power and then she's dead. Sure. Fine. Good. Works for me. But, um, or have all the rebels keep fighting these ships, you know, and the in the end scene, once, uh, once the main ship goes down mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you hear Finn. Oh, they're rising up all over the galaxy. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Who, one, who called that in? They're all here. Right. You know, and then who heard that the one ship went down, so let's all rise up. Right. I loved how, like, Leia sends a distress signal in The Last Jedi, and nobody comes. And then somehow Lando's able to just light speed around the galaxy and recruit the biggest army that we've ever seen. Lando and Chewie are very charismatic <laughs> individuals but you're right i had the same question because okay let's take everything that happens on exegol at face value where um you know they, they start turning the tides there and they cut to like indoor and jakku and those ships going down and i was like well what exactly happened on exegol that made it all of a sudden easier for those people to take down the empire over jakku or indoor like that doesn't make any sense to me no because they have shields yes they're in space they have planet killing weapons like that, the one over Indoor, the Ewoks all of a sudden do a Holdor maneuver and well, split that one in half. So they those ships would not have the planet-killing tech. Why not? Those, those ships would have been First Order ships because the only ones that had planet-killing tech were the ones on Exegol, and they couldn't get off the planet because they didn't have the navigation charts. Not true, because the one out there destroyed a planet. What? You saw a planet get blowed up. Well, yeah, but that would have had to flying been... out there in space. Yeah, how did that happen? Because it was, my it was out there. My so understanding was that none of those, none of that big fleet that the emperor had could get off of that planet. Not yet, but they sent apparently one with the antenna. Yeah, again, just super, super sloppy. Like that's the thing I miss about the Empire Strikes Back is that it didn't have that that thing right it didn't have the death star one or two it didn't have star killer base didn't have any of that it it just had a really good story that the main ending was just luke versus vader instead of being this all-out war and instead and i know in the last jedi we didn't quite get a full-on war like that but with jj abrams he seems unable to let go of this idea that star wars has to have a big giant conflict with the Empire or First Order or whatever being so stupid that there's this one little MacGuffin that they can go get that will then change the tide for the entire galaxy. Well, to me, this is worse than the Death Star. I understand trying to blow up one ship and you do that, and that's cause for celebration. Right. This is you blow up one ship and all of the other ships are rendered obsolete. That's the mothership concept that I just absolutely can't stand. And, oh, we killed this one thing, so all of them are dead. Because we don't want to have a long battle or we don't want to have, you know, the consequences of, yeah, there's there's still aliens running around the planet that we haven't killed yet. Yeah. You know, Um, I I feel like you should have a better reason of why these ships are still 
dying. Right. Well, and like let's think about this too. Like the the last order, which is what Palpatine called all those ships, they all have planet killing power on them. So the first order is just entirely irrelevant. Like why? What does it matter? Because at the point that the last order comes out, the first order is just weak and meaningless. He's got an entire fleet of these ships. Like why wait until a certain time? It just it doesn't make any sense why those wouldn't be already out and about and. Uh, I mean, and the other fatal flaw that I couldn't stand was that if you just shoot the planet-killing weapon that hangs down from the front of it, the whole ship blows up. Well, that's the risk of the planet-killing weapon, Garrett. Just, I just if you want to wish... haul around a planet-killing weapon, it's going to be explodey. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe I that's kinda... a trade-off. <laughs> you know, I kind of just feel so maybe like maybe don't put them on every ship. You know? Yeah. Okay, so let's ask a generic Star Wars question. Okay. How many people do you think like Star Wars percentage wise for space battles versus liking it for Jedi and Sith and lightsabers? Um, I would say there's a solid forty percent that enjoy space battles. Okay. Because it feels to me like Star Wars movies um tend to go like ninety percent space battle and ten percent Jedi stuff. I'm sure I'm probably over exaggerating that, but like I'm just I'm tired of kind of seeing the same old space battle over and over. The stuff that interests me is the stuff that we want to know more about, which is like the history of the Jedi and what powers they have, and you know how Luke is a master and what Ray becomes and how Kylo Ren. Like that's the fascinating stuff. The you know in the original trilogy, the Han, the Chewie, the stuff like that. It's it's great. It's nice addition to but you want to know more of the other stuff and i feel like with jj he likes to focus on the big space battles and the big weapons and the empire and i'm just like i I just don't care i kind of want i kind of want a small star wars movie where i don't have a big war which i know it's called star wars but like i I want it to be smaller in scale where it's like empire right because an empire you know the the falcon's not out there trying to be the one to take down a death star uh you know, there's not these massive wars happening. It's just smaller in scale. You get to know more about the characters. You get to invest in them more. And I feel like nobody has made, nobody has tried to make an empire yet. Like everybody copies a new hope or copies return of the Jedi or whatever, but it's like, we, we look at the best one and don't even remotely try and be like it. See, I'm not, I don't really care for the space battles. That's not where I, same. I, like my stars but i do know there's people that like all the ships and stuff i do think the star destroyers and the super star destroyers are all look really cool mm-hmm. you know and when they roll in into the scene you're like damn you know but you also want them to do something cool and they've never won a battle mm-hmm. um they came in and they uh they fought the rebels i guess in return of the jedi and then the death star started wiping out some people but it was uh like these are supposed to be like the end all be all ships. Right. And they don't win a lot. No, they never do. And it's hard to picture them winning when they have just these little surface cannons and you never see them do anything, <laughs> you know, to bigger ships. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But I've I, I like them, but definitely not why I go watch Star Wars. Sure, uh, and I mean the exact same way. And I kind of just wish they would make the Empire just a little bit smarter. I think you and I talked about this with the First Order in The Last Jedi, and it feels like, it almost feels like it's never the good guys winning 
it always feels like it's the empire or the first order that's stupidly idiotic that causes the problem. You know what I mean? Like, I don't well, yeah, know. but that, that's the problem with uh, you have to do that in the middle movie. You can't end it with the Empire winning and no. being smart. And so that's where The Last Jedi, again, misses its mark of if there's going to be something like the Empire strikes back to where they get the upper hand, well, Ryan Johnson blew that. Mm-hmm. And so it, uh, you, can't, you can't have them being smart and winning in, in the last movie. Right. And I will say, you know, looking back at Last Jedi, I think he did try and do that. I mean, by all accounts... While Snoke died, um, you know, Leia sent out a distress signal and they got nobody to answer. And we were led to believe that the rebellion might be down to just like a couple of hundred of people, like whoever's left on crate and then nobody answering. And Kylo had just, you know, taken down whoever and Luke had just disappeared. So, I mean, I do feel like at least from that perspective, The Last Jedi did set it up where the rebellion's on its last legs. Um, it's just kind of magically back in a crazy full force nature at the end of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I I agree. I, I wanted them, you know, at some points you do root for the Empire, you know, which is sad. Mm-hmm. But it's it's uh it's you do something do something cool. You know, yeah. make make you be a viable enemy. And I think that's why they did what they did with Hux is The Last Jedi took him from being a sinister, you know, Hitler-type guy to a complete buffoon. Yep. And so J.J.'s like, well, now that he's a buffoon, I got to kill him. Yeah. That was probably the best you could do with him, really. Yeah, and so I got to kill him off, and I got to have somebody in here who's intimidating. And so they brought in a new new head guy as uh, the intimidating, which he he was, and Mm -hmm. he did. Um, But Hux is like, I'm the spy, which, which yeah. terrible line, terrible delivery. Um, I understand his motives of why he would be a spy because he just wants Kylo out of there so he mm-hmm. could be top guy again. But awful, awful. Yeah. Yep, I completely agree with you. They they had nowhere to go with him after Last Jedi. It made sense what his motives were, but just it, you knew as soon as you took the gun what was happening there. But it it was of that that whole spy thing was of such inconsequence that it just didn't even really matter. Yeah, again, it's, it's how do I fix this crap that you've done to my character? Yep. You know, n- now I got to kill him. Now I got to bring somebody else in. It's it's almost the same as Snoke and the Emperor. I'm not sure the Emperor is ever supposed to come back. He may it's, have been controlling Snoke or you know something, but I don't think we're ever supposed to see Palpatine again. I would hope not. I would hope that was not in the original plan, but I going back to what I said earlier, I, I, I think it I think it was. I don't think you try and shoehorn it in if it wasn't your original plan. So now that also um another thing that Ryan Johnson brought into the world that makes no sense is force lightning from force ghosts. So yeah. Yoda being able to have force powers beyond the grave. Mm-hmm. Um and then now Luke can catch lightsabers and, and raise like, X wings and raise X wings. Why? Why don't the uh, Force Ghost Jedi rule the galaxy? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, if why aren't they fighting Palpatine right next to her? Right. And I'm not so sure that wouldn't have been a better ending. Right. If you got to see like whether it's I mean, you can do Alec Guinness, but you know 
Ewan or uh, Hayden or whatever come back in some way, shape, or form to help. I mean, I think that's essentially what they were going for metaphorically when Ray hears the voices and they're like, hey, we, we, all the Jedi live in you, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, you're right. If At the point that Luke can catch the lightsaber, um, why can't he ignite it and start fighting? Yeah, Yoda can burn some trees down. You know, that could be helpful in the middle of a fight. Yep. You know, anything. Hey, guys, let's let's all go do this together. You know, that would have made more sense yeah. now that we've established that they can affect the world. It's one thing if they're just giving advice and floating around and stuff, but now that that kind of ruined Force Ghosts. Yeah. I mean, on the surface, it makes sense because if you're a part of the Force and you're able to present yourself as that, and if the Force is really binding everything, then it would make sense that you could have some sort of impact on the real world through the Force, but... I'm just not sure that's a can of worms you want to open, but they did. No, because why? I mean, why not have the Jedi Council again? Right. Of Force Ghosts. <laughs> yeah. You know. Right. We don't need any of you real guys that can die. Yeah, and the, yeah, I know. It, again, sloppy. Now you think of all the things that this has introduced, and again, I'll say it again. On the surface, I'm okay with them, but when you look at them holistically, whether it's in the nine movies or what comes next, like you've opened up just a, a real big can of worms that I'm not really sure you thought much through beyond like, oh, it would be cool if they did this. Right, right. And I feel like you should treat the Star Wars universe with a little bit more respect or, you know, with at least a little bit more thought than beyond one movie. Like, okay, it, we're going to let Palpatine be able to gain power by... I think he says like consuming the bond between Ray and Kylo. Uh, that has never existed in the last thousand years or yeah. something. So like, okay, fine. You might think it's cool for this movie and you might think it makes sense for this movie. Fine. But I feel like, you know, if we're, if we're picking on star Wars, you, you have to understand the, the ripple effects that that's going to have for looking backwards or even going forwards. And I think that like, it's if you're going to do these big universes, whether it's Marvel or Star Wars, or whatever, like you, you cannot make these things isolated like that. Well, and I think that's why they threw in. It hasn't happened in thousands of years because then you can say, well, it's not going to happen again. Sure. But like the uh, the Holdor maneuver they mentioned. Oh, that was a one in a million shot. I'm not sure why that was a one in a million shot, <laughs> right. but at least they addressed it of why we can't just go yes. light speeding through all of these, you know, superstar destroyers. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I didn't mind that. I, I thought that that was a very subtle retcon in a way of discarding something that was a very cool moment. But yeah, it does answer the question of that. Now, we can always project out why, you know, like, oh, I don't know, like the odds of jumping to light speed, you know, when, when you hit a Star Destroyer, it's like hitting a grain of sand and, you know, whatever. Like, that's fine. I can I can kind of think through that. But other stuff especially when it comes to like the force and like the core of what star Wars is, you just, you, you have to be more careful with. Yeah. And especially, I mean, there will be other movies. Oh, and, for sure. And there will be other movies. And so you just have to, how does that affect everything else that will come, come later? Yeah. Like, Oh, you can do that now. Well, that really kind of screws up everything that we had planned. Right. Which is what we said about force projection in the last Jedi. Like, okay, is it, a bad thing in and of itself? No. But what are the ripple effects now that every time I see somebody on the screen who's a Jedi, I have to question whether or not I'm being duped? But it kills you. 
<laughs> sure. Which apparently, okay, so let's talk Leia. That's a good transition into Leia. Um, she basically dies by trying to do the same thing that Luke did, although she doesn't really do it to the extent Luke did, which my guess is because Carrie Fisher had passed away. So they, my, my guess and, and what I read online seems to be that this is the consensus that what was supposed to be, or what Han was in this movie was supposed to be Leia. Of his talking to him. Yeah. So I, I think that they were going to have Leia die by force projecting herself to go talk to Kylo, which would have distracted him, which would have got him killed. And then there would have been, you know, that kind of talk with, Leia and him because that's the main relationship they set up but with Leia or with Carrie Fisher having died they they could not do that in a way that wouldn't look bad um so they brought Han back um which is fine I thought the Han scene really worked but sticking with Leia I mean what did you think about how that happened um okay so I have two questions but let's start with that one the 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 scene where she reaches out to Ben distracts him all that kind of stuff what did you think about that so I mean okay but so she died she died doing that, but she went one with the force once Kylo went one with the force. Right. So are we made to believe that she was with him and guiding him through the rest of the movie? I mean, I think you can do that. Symbolically, that makes sense. There's some reason why she did not instantly fade away like every other Jedi that we've seen, that she was hanging on until Ben was done. So sure, maybe. Okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah, me too. I mean, it doesn't, her just dis- distracting, I mean, that that added nothing to me. I mean, I'm yeah. glad Leia did something and didn't die just, you know, off camera like right. Akbar. But <laughs> right. it was, uh, so sure. And, and I think uh, having her force project herself um, like Luke did just to die, I think that'd have been kind of weak that they both died the same way. Even but that's essentially what happened. Kind of did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but. I don't know. They're kind of, again, painted into a box when Leia's already dead and you already had her floating out in space. You could have just had her left out in space. Yeah. In The Last Jedi or had her die a different way. Yeah. Well, okay, so that brings me to more Leia. What did you think about the fact that they admitted that she was trained by Luke? She was a master now to Rey. They showed the flashback of the training. What were your thoughts on all that? I feel like that's retconning again. Sure. Like, why can Leia float through space? Not saying right. that any other Jedi had done that, but how do we explain that she had any Force powers whatsoever? Right. I mean, we know that she was strong with the Force, but she never used them. So, okay, let's have a little scene of her training with Luke. Mm-hmm. And so, and then why can she train Rey? Well, because she has she has training from, from Luke. Right. So it's just trying to, to make all this work. Um and also explains uh, some stuff about Finn. Such as? I think Leia was training Finn. Okay. I, I don't disagree necessarily. I don't think they really do much to... Even uh, the allusions to that are very, very small. But I could see why you would why you would piece that together. I think he has force powers. Yes. Um, and I mean, why else would he know certain things and feel certain things during the movie? And, right. And... Uh, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and, and they've teased that, right? I mean, from the very get-go, when he's a stormtrooper in The Force Awakens, there's a reason why he doesn't want to follow orders and why Kylo can sense him and why, you know, he even 
you know, he held the lightsaber. I mean, not that anybody can hold a lightsaber, but you know, the, the tease in the force awakens was that he's the one, whereas it ends up being Ray, they right. kind of dropped all the force stuff with him in the middle movie and then brought it back for this one. So yeah, I agree. He's force sensitive. I think that that's a good conclusion that maybe Leia was, was training him, um, but he was on a casino planet. So, <laughs> right. So then what, I know you and I t- talked about this a little bit, and, and there's been some stuff come out since then. But are you still of the belief that what Finn wanted to tell Ray was that she was a Palpatine? Um, actually, I just read an article that JJ said that he was going to tell her that he's force sensitive, which makes no sense in the <laughs> Thank uh, you. the context of <laughs> of when they're falling through quicksand. Yes, uh, agreed. It does make sense later on in the movie and in other elements. But in that moment, when it's brought up in the movie for the first time, I don't see how it's anything other Ray, than... Ray, yeah. we're going to die. I'm Force-sensitive. What? So right. get us out of here if you, you know, yeah. fly. Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, don't you think that given when that's brought up in the movie and how it's happening, do they think they're about to die? I mean, he lo- he loves her. Right. Right. Okay. I mean, that's that's what you're supposed to think. Right. Well, and that has been kind of an undercurrent through all three movies is that he's had strong feelings for her. It's never been her and Poe. And and I need to take this in another direction in a minute, but I think it has to be, I love you. I mean, yeah, for JJ to say that what he wanted to tell her was that he's force sensitive, you're right. Makes zero sense in the quicksand moment. Now, later, does it make sense? Sure. But yeah, yeah, you, you don't scream that out. You're exactly right. Yeah. And so, I mean, he definitely friend zoned Rose. Like sure. throughout, throughout the entire throughout the entire movie, friends on Rose, yeah, and uh, even even in the Last Jedi, he was pretty much you know giving her the uh, the stiff arm, you know. But it was uh, it's always been about Ray. It doesn't surprise me if those two are an item later. Sure, you know? um, that makes sense. But he's always had those types of feelings for her. Agreed. Okay, so where I wanted to branch out then was if we're talking about Ray and having feelings, the kiss between Ray and Kylo. Yeah, you have any? What what did that feel like for you? I mean, like I, I don't know. It. I, I'm interested to hear what you thought about that. Um. Well, I kind of expected it as they're holding each other in their arms. Mm-hmm. Um. But I mean, I didn't have any. I didn't have any warm and fuzzies. Yeah, I didn't either. And I, I, I've i heard that some people just genuinely didn't like it. And, and I can get that too. Because while there was a lot of tension between them, in especially the second movie, it, I'm not sure that they ever did enough to really set up that it was any sort of romantic, romantic tension by any means. Like I, It felt like a, a love-hate, a respect-not-respect. Respect. I mean, could it have gotten there if the writing was a little bit better? Sure, but I think... To me, it just felt a little forced again, where I was like, okay, I see what you're going for there, but I'm not sure that that was earned. I don't, I never felt like they had the relationship where it was supposed to be love and that, like, like Kylo wanted to rule as, you know, powerful people, not like as, like, husband and wife. It just didn't feel right for some reason. They did say, take my hand many times. Right. And you infer marriage with that. Sure, I but it, yes, I mean there, there's but, words. But yes, I did. I didn't get. I didn't get romance, and I thought he was going to die. I actually, assumed that he was going to die because he gave back the life force that she gave him 
right um before they kissed like they were yes. about to and then i thought he was gonna die right then yep i thought when he as he gave her his force i thought they were gonna show his wound reopening i thought that would have been a good touch to be like okay you healed me with your life force but as i give you mine like my old scars come back like the scars on my face and the scar on my body you know that kind of thing oh okay some some reverse wolverine <laughs> yeah kind of just to at least show that you know here's what's happening because we clearly aren't all in tune with what the hell is going on as everybody's changing souls and bonds and whatever's happening life forces yes which um i know we're not talking mandalorian and so if anybody hasn't watched it then you can tune out for like the next minute but it's painfully obvious now why they wanted to air the newest episode of the mandalorian before star wars came out right yeah okay Just to show that that exists. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, but then again, after having watched this movie, I'm like, well, who cares? You introduced all these other new stupid things that were happening like crazy that you but, don't care but to that explain. One, but that one we've already established. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, people can't really get on board with force healing, so we need to show them that. But, I mean, they'll be good with, like, absorbing souls and, and teleportation. Know, kind of yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally yeah. good with that. Yeah, so you can you can argue the rest of the stuff. Well, the Mandalorian introduced that, so we're good. We <laughs> right. just used it from that TV show, right? Oh man, there, there was a lot to this one. I just it's just sloppy and unearned to me. And I, I want to get to the end of a Star Wars movie or a trilogy or saga and feel like that that triumph and that that like we built towards something and now we we've won. And I just, I didn't get that sense with this. And it's, it's all about construction. It's about the fact that they didn't have a plan. It's about the fact that they brought JJ back who decided to retcon everything. It's about the fact that they brought in one of the writers from justice league and Batman versus Superman to help write this thing. There's just a lot of things that did not gel with this. There's, there's good ideas there. They're just not synthesized into something very well. That's funny. I did not know that. Batman vs. Superman writers? Uh, yeah, his name's Chris Terrio. I think he helped write Justice League and Batman vs. Superman, if I remember well, correctly. Because that was one of my comparisons of being painted into a corner mm-hmm. and having to deal with what what was left to you of trying to make a good Justice League movie, but yet Superman's already dead. You know, And it's like, okay, this is where we have to, to go from here. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like the the same way of gosh, it was kind of even though it was the same director. You know, mm-hmm. it was I've been handed this thing to dig myself out of. Um, I didn't quite think this through, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that's that's how it felt. It felt kind of convoluted and uh, and rushed because of the previous movie. Yep. Yeah, I just double checked. He did the screenplay for Argo, and he wrote Batman vs Superman, and he did the screenplay and story for Justice League. Yeah, well, he needs to get... Yeah, no thank you. <laughs> okay, um, what else do you got? I mean, the only other few things I have was like, I thought the humor in this film was way better than The Last Jedi. Last Jedi's is very harsh. This one felt very natural, especially 3PO. I thought it had some good lines. No, I agree. I agree. Okay. Um, I like seeing Harrison Ford back. I think it was because Carrie Fisher um, died, but whatever. I'm glad he came back to help out. I'm surprised he did. But it was was good to see him. I feel like the conversation went, we know you don't want to do this, but Carrie passed away. Can you come help us out? He's probably like, okay, because... For her. Yeah, Yeah. for her. I'll do it. 
Um, let's see, what else do I have? Oh, okay. Uh, you and I talked about this on the side a little bit, but I, I wish, one, I wish I would have gotten more Ben Solo because he gets nothing once he becomes Ben, hardly. Um, I, I would have liked an Anakin moment where maybe, like I read somebody online, I'm not gonna take credit for this, but maybe after he becomes Ben, he hears Anakin's voice and the, the guy online had a little thing written up where it was like, um, you know, why haven't you talked to me until now? And then Anakin would say something to the effect of because you weren't ready to listen or something like that. So it, he'd be talking to good Anakin, but I just, I felt like he idolized Vader so much. And that was so much of this, that it would have been nice to have Hayden come back and have some at least small voice or interaction with Ben. Well, I don't agree with your Hayden choice. Uh, I like the, why haven't you talked to me about it? Because you were talking to Vader. You know, well, but they admitted yeah, that that was they admitted that, that was Palpatine, right? Well, no, they, well, he Pal- was just saying that Palpatine corrupted Vader, and so no, the dark there was side. there was one point where uh, Palpatine's talking to Kylo, and he's like, "I've always been all the voices in your head, and it's always been me." And he he sounds like well, Snoke, I, and then he sounds like well, Vader. yeah, because he turned Vader, and he turned. He oh, was con- See, I, 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 I I didn't think it was because Vader's never talked to him. Well, we've never heard Vader talk to him from that perspective, but I've always felt like, because that was one of the big questions out of The Force Awakens is when he's looking at the helmet and he's talking about his grandpa, everybody would be like, well, Anakin would never talk to him because Anakin's good now. But you could now make a case that he was talking to Vader, but it was Palpatine doing it. I just assumed it meant all the motivations that you've had in your life were stemmed from me. Oh, man. I took it as literal. Like, he literal voices? No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I... I took it as, you know, I made Vader, so that was, you're still following what I set up, and I made Snoke, so you were following what I set up. Okay. And so it's always been me. Uh, that That's kind of how I took it. Okay. I would have I would have liked to have heard Anakin say, no, you've been trying to talk to Vader. You know, I'm I'm over here. Right. I'm on this yeah. side of the line. Yeah, I agree. I, I just felt like with as much emphasis of the Kylo Vader um, idolization that it would have been good to get hayden back in or at least anakin back in in some way to talk to ben and just and i felt like there needed to be more ben like he didn't have enough time to make us feel good about his turn but i don't think you can use hayden why he's still too young well he's but he's stuck in permanent force ghost right i mean Mm -hmm. he is what he is now i think that would have been a weird scene because i feel like kylo's older than vader even though he died as the old Vader. You know, yeah. I, I don't like that. I, I don't know how I would have ended or up Or a going. voice. Just a voice. Of somebody. I don't think I want Hayden. <laughs> well, Hayden's voice was already in it, talking to Ray. Was he? Yeah. They, I was, was trying to pick out all the voices. I, and even the second viewing, I was trying to see who all was. Yeah. So I saw a list. And the ones I heard for sure were uh, Ewan, Alec Guinness, um, Hayden... And I can't remember when else, but then I think they, I, I read that they also snuck in like Clone Wars people, like from the cartoons and stuff like that. So it was a bunch of different people. I, uh, I heard uh, Luke, uh, Liam. Obviously. Liam, yes, Liam was there. Yeah. And and Luke was very, no, you're going to listen to me over them because I'm going to go real loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think I have anything else. Yes, man. you we, do. What What do I do? The end scene. The end scene. With your you boy Lando? Very, 
Oh yeah, yeah, Lando. That was so cringy. That was so bad. Awful. Um, you, I did I tell you or did you read this too? Where supposedly one of the leaked scripts had that girl being his estranged daughter. Which it, that's what they felt like they were going. Yeah. Well, and I kept thinking she was wearing the eye mask from the Solo movie. Um, you know that one clan of people that they encounter Solo and Woody. And she's wearing like that white mask on her eyes. It's got like the one slit in it. I know that wasn't that girl, but I kept thinking that that was that same mask kind of. And I was like, are they trying to tie the solo movie to this? And uh, it ended up not being that. But I think without the context of knowing that they were going for the father-daughter relationship, it came off as <laughs> ultra sexual creepy. Well, any conversation right there is dumb. You <laughs> know, true. everybody... Just embracing, and the only words was uh, that Chewie got his medal, and everybody else is hugging, and and then, oh hey Lando, where are you from? That's weird, right? You know, and then where are you from? Oh, I don't know. Well, let's find out together. Sequel, <laughs> spinoff, something like that's dumb. Yeah, that's dumb. It's like, oh, where are you from? Oh, I heard my parents were from there. You know, like I I was ready for that garbage, and then right. In the, at the camera or something. I mean, you're not going to have a Billy D. Williams spinoff movie. The guy can barely walk. No, yeah. You know? And so that's not going to happen. So why are you even trying to set up this this crap? I don't. Uh, get it. And is anybody at the end of the Skywalker, you know, trilogy, whatever we three sets of trilogies? I don't even know what to call it. Nonology saga whatever. saga. Uh, are, are you really? Is that what you're clamoring for? Right? Is is the Billy D. Solo spinoff, or not solo spinoff, but Lando spinoff, like right now, like that's not yeah. the time. Yeah, you don't you don't want uh, Glover. You want you know Billy D. Williams in the Lando spinoff, <laughs> right? Um, okay, so when you said last scene, I actually thought you were talking about uh, Tatooine, which I think it's funny that she goes and buries Luke and Anakin's lightsabers on Tatooine, which they both hated. No, Tatooine. what is it Luke and Leia's Shh. sabers? Yes. Okay, so it's Anakin. and it, tr- truly, it's never been Luke's, right? Okay, so that's yeah, we've that's never it. seen Luke's lightsaber. Who knows where that's at? Yeah, the green one just went away. Yeah, um, we we, sh- we saw it when he was fighting Leia, and that's the only time. Yeah, well, we saw it. Um, he had it when he was going to strike down Kylo, I believe. You mean his his hologram? No, no, no. Uh, in the flashback to oh, the Knights of Ren yeah. creation, yeah. Um. But I, I just think it's funny that she buried those on Tatooine, and none of the Skywalkers liked Tatooine. Um, no, that's where uh, Leia was sexually assaulted <laughs> by Jabba the Hutt. Um, like that, so why are you putting it here? <laughs> Did you want to see Ben Solo as a ghost there, along with Leia and Luke? No, but I know you did. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it would have felt right, I think. But Yeah, why not? Yeah, that's all. Yeah, no, I I thought that as soon, at first my mind went of Leia's never been to Tantooine, mm-hmm. and then uh, then I was like, nope, no, she was there, and she didn't have not to have a good experience. <laughs> right, she had to choke Jabba to death. Yes, yeah. All right, what else you got? I'm I'm through my list. Um, I think Lando was my last creepy. Uh, <laughs> oh, the introduction to uh, the masked lady. Um, oh yeah. Odd. Carrie Russell, the one that that uh, Poe likes, yeah, yeah, I I liked her. I thought it was a cool character. She looked like Daft Punk. I thought it had a good dynamic between her and Poe. I'm not sure you needed a new character at that point, but I also think they didn't really like 
wedge her in to anything too bad, you know? Uh, mine was more of we're rushing other things. Why introduce this? Mm-hmm. We're trying to give Poe some more depth, kind of. Sure. Um, but and introduce some sort of background. So we introduce her, but her little chip thing doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense to me. Oh, it allows you to to board a ship because I can't leave this planet. But yet, when Chewie and uh, and Lando come calling, I can leave the planet. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, and it just none of that made sense to me. Yeah, um, and so not like she was a bad character. Um, it was, I, I just didn't get or the need to to add her. Well, so we kind of touched on this earlier and, and didn't really dive into it, but she's an effect. the The cause is that they have like three MacGuffins going on in this stupid thing, where right. you have to go get the Sith Wayfinder, which we thought there was only two, but then I think there was. Three, like I didn't quite understand that. Like, no, there's only two. Only two there are. Well, Kylo had one, and yeah. then she, I thought she went to go get the other one from the Death Star, right? Right. And Kylo crushed it, mm-hmm. and then she, and she, she took his. But I thought, I thought his was. I thought she ended up going back and like finding one at Luke's place because Luke no, had she, found it. She took his uh, that was in his Tie Fighter. Oh, okay. Well, his tie fighter would have been on, on the place that crashed the the sand planet. Sand planet. Kylo when he crashed. Well, yeah, but he he got another one. Okay, so I didn't. And understand. then, and I then got... she 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 flew away with his tie fighter, and then she blew it up on on Luke's island. Okay, and then she took the the X wing and got you. Took the wayfinder there. Okay, I think that's where I got confused. She grabbed the wayfinder out of his tie fighter that was on the island. And I thought yeah. she was grabbing it from something that Luke hacks. I know they said Luke had been going to look for it. I was like, wait, so Luke found it and just hit it. Like I was confused right there, but okay. So that makes sense. Um, yeah. but anyways, my point being that you had to find the stupid wayfinder. Then you had to find the stupid dagger and it's like, you had to find the dagger to find the wayfinder. I mean, it, yeah, it's just so, I don't know. Like it just feels really lazy. Like, do we really have to have them always going on some chase for a code breaker or a wayfinder or a piece a of the map. map for Luke? Like, can we not just have them like going through North again, I'll go back to empire strikes back. It's not like they're all after some widget that is going to be the answer for something like just it's frustrating writing. Yeah. And a better writing would have made all roads lead to Palpatine. Yes. You know? And so it's Ray has going to Palpatine. Kylo's going to Palpatine. And then the resistance is all going to Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Like, and how the, they don't need a mysterious way to get there. They figure out he's there and here we go. Right. You know, we got to find enough people to do that. We have a time frame and how we do that, you know, and that's how we all get there at the same time. Yep. It doesn't need to be this. Yeah. Agreed. Are we running out of things to say? I think we're running out of things to say. All right. Well, let's get to our abbreviated questions this week. I am Thor, son of Odin, and as long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Are you ready? Okay, so moment of truth. What's your rating? You've seen it twice, so I'm into it twice. Twice is nice. And so I gave it uh, a little bit of higher rating after the second viewing. Um, also understanding the constraints in which he has been given from having to cram it two stories into into one movie um but i i enjoyed it more the second time because i could wrap my head around 
everything that was happening. I ended up giving it a a four with the ability to go to four and a half. Holy cow! Wow. Okay. That, so I, I think I'm over gonna, time, I'm going to enjoy this more. I'm going to spring a few more things on you then. Um, All right. What's its ranking within the sequel trilogy? Within the sequel trilogy, yep. It it is well above the Last Jedi. Okay. And probably below the Force Awakens. Okay. Anytime you get to introduce the new new people, it's it's cool. Okay. And so that 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 gives you a little bit more. That's when we first met Ray, and so that's going to hold a little bit higher than uh, than this one. Okay. And uh, other question. Where is it in your overall rankings? You would have thought I would have done that. You could um, probably wing it. It would be above, definitely above all the prequels, definitely above The Last Jedi. Those are givens. Okay. Over Solo. Okay. Um, probably on par with Rogue One. All right. Which is uh, after Empire, after Force Awakens, after, and I think it's over A New Hope. I think I enjoy it more in A New Hope. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, but no, I think I have Return of the Jedi over this. Okay. Did I miss one? Uh, you might have. I mean, that, that's enough to give people enough of an idea of, of where that stands. It's I a think. top tier of, what, 11 movies? Uh, yes, this would be the 11th, uh, once top. you count the 9 plus Solo and Rogue One. Top half? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So what about you? Where are you well, in this? I, I've only seen it once. And obviously, especially with something like Star Wars, you need to shake off the expectations a little bit. So I will try to get in a second viewing sometime. But as of right now, I am at a three. That's ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. It's not. Um, I, I just it's too it was too sloppy. I just I even found myself just like saying really to myself a few times. And again, Maybe after I've knocked the dust off a little bit and I can go back and watch it and I can appreciate what it does a little bit better. But for right now, I just felt like while I like some of the ideas, like I've said before, it just feels sloppy and unearned. And it feels like this is really what we what we could come up with as the end to you know one of the most famous sagas of all time. This is what we got. It just doesn't it didn't feel right or worthy. Um it's not to say I didn't enjoy it, but a three feels right for right now. I, I don't know that I could see myself getting up to a three and a half, maybe a three and a half, but I, I can't see myself getting to a four on this one. I just, you you can't view it in isolation. It has to be viewed within the context of the other eight movies that came with it, or arguably the other nine movies or 10 movies that came with it. Which and helps. I think which, which helps it. I and don't you know. Have to, and you have to acknowledge The Last Jedi. Well, sure of, you do. Of the crap that it, it did and what it's trying to fix. Well, sure, but and that's I not also, this movie's fault. Well, it, it is because you don't you don't necessarily have to go back and try and retcon every last you, thing that they did. You do because it was pretty crappy what they did in the Last Jedi. I don't disagree with you. I don't. I'm not saying that the Last Jedi set them up great. I think it set them up great for Rey and Kylo, but everything else, yeah, it posed some problems. But I don't think this movie did anything to really stave off those problems. I think it. I think it made things worse. Um, by by trying to do so much and so little instead of just biting the bullet and figuring out. I, I felt like instead of making the best out of a bad situation, JJ said, I'm going to make what I want out of that situation. And that those are mutually exclusive. Like they, what he wants and what was the best post Last Jedi may not have been the, the same thing. So 
knowing Star Wars fans, knowing these will live on forever, you're JJ. Would you have tried to make a best of a bad situation out of Ryan's or try to finish it how you started it? I would have probably tried to either meet in the middle or skew towards making the best out of a bad situation because I, but, but some of this is also like, I'm, I'm assuming that he wanted Palpatine back. And so he forced that in there. And I don't like that decision. I, I think that came off very clumsy, very clunky. I think it takes away from the arc of the first six movies in the, the, the saga. So I, I just think that there's ways that you could have still done some of the things that you wanted to do and made this a cleaner, tighter movie. See, I don't think so. I think he wanted Snoke to be the bad guy. And that was killed. Yeah, and but so you now, could pro- okay. you could probably find a way to bring Snoke back in some way or be like that was but my if you're Snoke gonna bring clone. someone back, why Snoke? Why not the Emperor? Because you know, you're gonna have the, you're gonna have the same issues and you already have Ray as a Palpatine, so let's let's just go for it. Well you didn't have Ray as a Palpatine. I don't think well, you he have... did. He did in his head. That's why he in the well, first one. But I'm saying if you don't bring Palpatine back, then you really don't have a reason for Ray to be a Palpatine. And I also think that there is a difference between bringing Snoke back and bringing Palpatine back because if you've killed Palpatine, then you've at least, and he stays dead, you've at least let Anakin have what his revenge was, not revenge, but what his turn was in Return of the Jedi instead of being like, well, I did throw him over, but you know he's just back 30 years later or he never really went away. I mean, that that's kind of lame in hindsight. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's outsmarting. Is exactly yeah, but, what you wanted but, him to be smart. No, not like he this. Planned, he planned for his demise and he was ready for it. Not like this. And I think if you were going to bring Palpatine back, I think Vader deserved to be back in some way, shape, or form, like even as a force ghost or something or other, because I feel like that was the whole battle for six movies. And then to only let Palpatine come back, but not let Vader have any sort of influence in the, the new movies, just it, it feels lopsided and I don't like it. And I feel like that was Lucas and the way he removed the old Vader and put Hayden in there. Possibly. But I, I just feel like it was, it was sloppy and didn't know which, which direction to go at that point. Sure. Well, Lucas is also just about retooling everything. He can't leave stuff alone. I was watching A New Hope last night, and there's just random stuff thrown in there just to be in there. It's just nonsense. Well, JJ um, did mention before this that uh, he wanted the original original Star Wars to be released. You know, and then maybe you could have used an older Vader. Sure. Uh, or older Anakin at that point. And maybe he wanted to, but felt like he couldn't now. Maybe. I don't know. So, so yeah, I'm at a three. I'll, I'll definitely watch it again. I feel like I will not be any lower than a three. I feel like I, I might end up at a three and a half. So, again, ideas okay in a vacuum, theme of the podcast, uh, but sloppy and unearned in a lot of ways. So where'd you put it in the grand scheme of Star Wars? Um, well, I had the same sequel trilogy ranking as you. I like The Force Awakens better, and then this, and then um, The Last Jedi. In terms of overall, I would probably have this... I mean, it's it's definitely not as good as Empire, Force Awakens, Return of the Jedi. And I'm as I was watching A New Hope last night, it, it's it's better than what... I have been giving it credit for lately. Um, I would say it's above Rogue One. It's above Last Jedi. I would say that it's hovering around, because uh, I like Solo better than you do, it's hovering around Solo and A New Hope. So top tier. It's it's better than Solo. And what gives Rogue One a bump over most movies is that invader scene. Sure. 
Vader that, finally that makes the movie. being Vader. It does make the movie. I would argue that that, that scene of, of using the Force and whatever Vader is doing there is better than any Force use that we saw in uh, Rise any of Skywalker. Movie ever? Well, I mean, essentially, because that's exactly what you want to see. You want to see using the Force in the context that we know but still just destroying people with it instead of all of a sudden now you're seeing Vader like, you know, jump and do 18 flips and teleport a lightsaber from one room to the other and do that. I mean, that's, that's whatever. Yeah. It finally made Vader. You understand why Vader was Vader. Right. Which was Lucas's big mistake. Cause at least one full movie of the prequels should have been that rogue one scene for two hours. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So favorite moment for you. Chewie getting his medal. Oh, Finally. nice. You went, you went uh, sympathetic, or not sympathetic, I, but I like did. more emotional. I did, and that, that caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting that, and it took me a second to realize what it was. I was like, oh, that's his medal. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I, had to, I had to nudge the wife, and she goes, what? And I go, well, he never got a medal in the first one. You know, only Luke and, and Han got a medal, and Chewie's <laughs> just staying in there, yeah. not getting a medal. And she goes, oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's my favorite scene. I'm going to go with that one. All right. Yeah, mine was the uh, the whole Kylo and Ray face off on the crash Death Star. I I liked uh, the lightsaber action. I liked the the conflict coming to a head. I even, I mean, it was kind of a long one too. I liked the part where um, Ray starts fighting Kylo and he doesn't even pull out his lightsaber. He just starts dodging stuff. I thought I was like, oh, that's cool. So I like yeah. that whole. And then did you exchange. did you think he was a hologram at that point because he was do, doing the Luke moves? I was questioning things. Yeah, I mean, again, I was like, what's what's going on here? Because he's he's struggled fighting her before, and now he's just magically so much better. I think it was supposed to be that she was so emotional that she was just out of control, and he was able to take advantage. But um, I, I like the whole crash Death Star stuff with them. Speaking of crash Death Star that we did not address earlier, uh, Evil Ray. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel about that scene? It was fine. It was what we all knew it was. Just a vision of garbage. Yeah. I'm not sure why she grew fangs and looked like a vampire all of a sudden, but. Because that's, that's what you do. That's how she sees her, her fear. I guess. Yeah. Now the, uh, so I guess in the books, um, from via our friend, uh, when Luke went into that, uh, little hole and saw himself as Vader, mm-hmm. I guess a Sith died there. Mm. And that makes it really strong with the uh, the dark side, and that's why all that stuff happens. So that makes sense that if Palpatine died in the Death Star, mm-hmm. why those same types of stuff would happen there. Sure. So I'm okay with that connection, although I think it's pretty crappy marketing to throw a double-sided <laughs> lightsaber in for half a second. Yeah. And, well, and speaking of double-sided lightsabers, I'm not sure why Rey doesn't have one. She has a I staff. I think she does. Oh, Okay. Did you see hers? Yeah, I did, but I didn't. It, it, it didn't ignite the bottom. Both sides. The bottom looked like the top. Okay, I would assume that because she liked the staff so much, she would have a double sided lightsaber. It makes sense. Yeah, uh, I think that's exactly what what she has. Okay, just just from the the look of it, and it's yellow, so that's new. <laughs> yep. Um, but it was uh, it looked like the the top part was rounded, like the like the bottom part was. And okay. So I'm I'm assuming that's what it is. I think that's probably a safe assumption. I wanted to see it ignited, but I'll I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I think that would have been kind of cheesy too. Why did she fire it up in the first place? To show that it's yellow orange. Yeah, basically a Darth Maul and Solo scene. I'm gonna fire up this <laughs> lightsaber just so you know who I am. Right. Remember me? I was cool once. <laughs> 
All right, what's your one thing you would change then? It's going to surprise you. I'm going to change the Knights of Ren. Okay. It deserves to gonna, be changed. Uh, there's a lot of things that deserve to be changed, but make them cool. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, have them do something. Have them... I mean, you don't have a lot of time to build them up, but that end scene with uh, Ben Solo could have been a lot cooler if you thought these guys stood a chance. Yeah. They didn't even have lightsabers. They didn't have any any sort of um, weapons that you thought could matter against a lightsaber. Yep. It was so, a it was a worse fight than the uh, throne room in Last Jedi. Absolutely, absolutely. Because it's like, oh, Knights of Ren. Oh, okay, they did nothing. You know, they they were uncool. It was an opportunity to to sell more toys that they missed because <laughs> you could have made each one of those guys have their own kind of special look. Mm-hmm. And they kind of did by the weapons they were carrying, but that was a huge missed opportunity. Yep, I agree. So, I, I like the Knights of Ren. I, and I wish I like the concept of the Knights of Ren. They should have done right. more with it. Agreed. Uh, well, I think mine will be pretty obvious, but I would not have brought Palpatine back, given how it happened and how it played out. I, I would not have done that. So, what would the movie have been about? I, I think I would expect that writers far more creative than I, who make a living doing this, who know the Star Wars universe, could have Cop figured out could have figured something out better than that. I like you said, even if you bring Snoke back, I'm fine with that. Like he he was a clone or do something like that. But I think bringing Palpatine back in such a rushed way through the crawl with all these crazy powers that he has and this whole thing about taking Ray's soul and all of that kind of stuff. I just think it was too much tacked on to the end of something that just made it feel sloppy. I I would have been much more fine with just Snoke is is back or that Kylo Ren is just now the ultimate bad guy. Um, there didn't need to be somebody beyond this, the new Supreme Leader, Kylo Ren. Have it be all about Rey versus Kylo Ren without any kind of other looming force behind it. Um, I think would he have been w- redeemed? Would he have been redeemed? I think you could still have him be redeemed. Um, again, you would need to write it in a way that feels more, you know, emotional and more palatable. But I think that the Palpatine stuff just didn't work for me as uh, in a lot of ways in the context of Sith powers, force powers, in the context of what it does to return of the Jedi in the context of it's just blatantly rushed and brought back through the crawl. Like it just didn't really work for me. I get why they tried to do it. And I think you could maybe bring him back if you wrote it better but it seems like too much of a cheap out and a pitfall. Then you you take Ray being a Palpatine out of there. She's just Ray now, which goes back into something that we talked about that they probably should have done. So I, I think you just take him out and you, you end up with a better product. Well, I mean, they should have had Ray be evil in the last one. Just switch places with Ben. Sure. And then, I mean, I understand Disney owns it. I understand Ray's meaning to girls across the world, but that'd have been a much better movie of after the throne room, basically they switch places and that'd have been a perfect time to do that. And yeah. then had, had the, the fallout in this one. Yeah. Cause you know, I mean the whole first six movies is, is well, the first three movies is about Anakin's fall and we've already seen Kylo fallen. So yeah, you could have wrote a story where Kylo, you know, has killed Han Solo and he's fallen, but he is he becomes redeemed while Ray falls because she maybe 
blames Luke for not training her enough again for going up against Kylo. And then maybe even heading into the third movie, maybe part of the cliffhanger at the end of last Jedi was that you, you basically think that they've switched roles and now the third movie becomes Ky- Kylo as Ben is now going against an evil Ray. Ray Palpatine. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then you could even keep that. But you don't need Palpatine back. Like and right. maybe she gets mad because Luke and Leia knew that she was a Palpatine and they kept it from her and blah, 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 blah. And, See, I mean, th- that already feels better and more organic to me than what we got with this. Yeah, but you also have, you can't make Ray bad. Sure, I mean, there's going to be From a studio standpoint. Right. I mean, but you could have her redeemed in the end, at the you know, like as she dies. At the That's end of the two last years movie. worth of, of young young girls not yeah. wanting to be. But again, I get it. You know, young kids love being Vader. Love, you know, right. young kids love being Kylo. Right. You know, so why not young girls love being evil Ray? But you could write it, I think, in a sympathetic way where while she turns at the end of the second movie, she's redeemed by the end of the third movie. And then you're still able to say, oh, Ray was good. And you show her as a force ghost at the end and everybody's happy. Yay. You know, right? I mean, there's ways of doing that. Let's see. You killed her. I mean, probably. No, no more future movies for old Ray. Well, right. And actually what should have happened is that, honestly, if we were really going to say this is the end, uh, Ray and Ben should have both died. Go like full Romeo and Juliet. Like where your head's at. Yep. See? Already better. Already better. <laughs> all right. So we are skipping casting change because, I mean, They've you're dealing... with cast. Yeah, exactly. And then I think we decided we're going to skip the if you like this movie because, I mean, it's Star Wars, so... What can you? You would like Star Trek, (laughs) right? But we are going to still give our award. So, what award are you giving this movie? Um, I didn't know we were still doing the awards, so I'm going to go ahead and I'll come up with mine on the fly. (laughs) Okay, I am giving it the sloppiest Star Wars movie. That doesn't mean it's the worst. It just means that it's sloppy. Uh, The prequels, I don't think more so than the Last Jedi. Uh yeah, because I feel like the last Jedi had it had its idea and it was executed. It just was a flawed idea between the plot with the you know ship just out of range and stuff like that. I, I feel like you can see where Ryan Johnson was wanting to go and what he wanted to do, and I feel like he executed on it, even though it ended up not being the best product in the end. This one I feel like you saw what JJ wanted to do. And it was too much. And he's all over the place with it in terms of what it means to past stories, future stories, force powers, all that kind of stuff, not explaining things. Uh, The prequels are very deliberate in what they're doing. They know what they want to do. They just kind of sucked. They weren't executed well. Um, But this one is the first time where I felt like a Star Wars movie was just kind of all over the place. Yeah, it was trying trying to do too much. Yeah, but haphazard, if you will. It always sucks when they they put a an end date on it. Yeah, you know it all has to wrap up this movie, so tie it all together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I th- I think it's the sloppiest one. I I've never really felt like a Star Wars movie was sloppy, but this one I do. Well, I'm going to give it Daisy Ridley's best performance. Okay, I've seen her in other things, and um, I think she did the best here. Can't say I've been overly impressed with her outside of Ray. Sure, um, I'm hoping she gets more more and more opportunities but she's always going to be be ray and that's unfortunate for her yep it happens look yeah. at hayden look at mark hamill yeah well hayden fell off the face of the earth 
Yeah, and and Ray may do the same. But people like Ray. People didn't like Hayden. <laughs> sure. Yeah, so I think I, she she's gonna get jobs, but she'll always be Ray. Yeah. Although I I do question whether I like her better in this or the Last Jedi. So I need I need another viewing of this to really solidify my thought on that. Well, go get yourself some. I will. I'm on I'm on vacation for a while, so I, I have no reason not to sneak out and see it again. There you go. There you go. I think you'll like it more. I think you'll still have some of the same issues, uh, like Hux. But um, I think you'll appreciate the position that they started in and then what they came up with. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for our almost two hours on The Rise of Skywalker. Wow. I know. Uh, you I know, think... I got through, got through two zinc lodges <laughs> and then that glasses of water uh but we made it we made it yeah and i think uh i'm not really sure what the next few weeks hold for us so i, I will i will keep my lips sealed on, on what's coming for us in the next week or two but uh well we got our year end coming up soon so that, that will be happening sometime soon because yeah, uh, the, the year is ending <laughs> it is all right carson where can they find you on twitter at carson graff g-r-a-f-f all right, you can find me at at Two Views Garrett G A R R E T T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the socials at at Two Views Movies. You can always email us at Two Views Movies at Gmail Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically everywhere you listen. We are there. If you are on Apple, be sure to leave us a rating and review to let everybody know what you think of the show. And we will catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good. Stuff with bad, bit of both, bit of both.